When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hey, thank you, Charles. Appreciate that very much. It is 835 on this Monday morning, the 18th day of December, 2023. I'm John Reed, and we are glad you were with us here on this Monday, even if you're kind of faking it, calling it into it. Do you know how many people truly (laughs) have kind of told me, oh, I'm not really working this week? I mean, technically I'm working, but I'm not really working. So make sure you call me if you want to talk. All right. See, this is another thing about not going into the office. You can't really fake it if they expect to see your shining face at 9 a.m. on Monday morning. But, you know, if you're laying around in your underwear at at the house... And, you know, maybe you sign on to the computer and, and just, oh, it looks like he's online. Let me check. How do you know? How do you know what people are doing? I mean, not that I'm opposed to it, I guess. I just I haven't had a job like that. I haven't had a job where I could get away with um, laying in the bed with the computer open, <laughs> just pretending that um, that I'm on 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 it. I had a guy I worked with once who seriously He spent most of his time in France, and we didn't know where he was. Um, I mean, this is years ago, before before remote work was. But he was in France, and his his trick. I figured it out. I'm the one that busted him. Um, He doesn't like me anymore. Uh, But he was he was a pain in my rear end. So he would French time. He would send a flurry of emails, so all of us would get to the office. And have to, you know, oh, my God, what's this? What's this? What's this? So it looked like he had been hard at work, you know, at 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. And meantime, I think he was taking a nap in France. And you hadn't, we just didn't know where he was. Oh, he's, he's working for the company. He's on a, a, a client trip or something. He went on a client trip. He was boozing it up in, outside of Paris. And finally... He slipped up and said something about where he was. And I was like, aha, I see what's going on here. You're not doing any work. You're just pushing stuff our way so that we have to jump through your hoops because you get the emails out before us. So he had this little sequence early in the morning. Then again, around lunchtime, our time, which was dinner time, his time. And then he would send some stuff out towards the end of the day. And uh, yeah. That didn't last too long once we figured it out. But I feel like there's a lot of shady stuff like that that's happening. I mean, if you're doing it, I'm not, you know, don't get mad at me. I'm not going to be the one to tell on you. But I don't get that luxury. I'm either here or I'm not here. 838. And you know what? I'm glad on Mondays we get to talk to Jim Bacon from Bacon's Rebellion and the Jefferson Council. Um, I, 
Look, it was interesting to me, Jim. I don't know if you were listening earlier when we had Jeff Shapiro from the Times-Dispatch, who I think it's safe to say is a little left of center. Um, and when I brought up this statue in Arlington National Cemetery, and I just checked in on the, the people that we have at Arlington Cemetery because it opened at 8 o'clock this morning. The, the crane is up. It looks like they're about to take this uh, really remarkable piece of artwork down and you know dishonor the, the dead soldiers. I thought it was interesting that Jeff said from a freedom of speech standpoint, I do think he's kind of a purist on this, that it's troubling to him. That this, uh, that there's a, a movement to eradicate, erase, silence momentarily unpopular people, opinions, and historic notes, and I I gotta believe that starts on these college campuses. This this mindset that this idea that that, that you can do that 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 is acceptable. When I was growing up, that wasn't acceptable. Yeah, well, John, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, college campuses have spent the last God knows how many years. Uh, in contrast, in the 1960s, was all about free speech, and the free speech movement was kind of led by the left. Now, the, the, the left has been kind of thinking of ways to curtail free speech and various justifications uh, for doing so. And uh, it, the, the Wall Street Journal had a fascinating uh, column uh, last week talking about the what the author calls the asymmetrical application of free speech principles. Hmm. That's just a fancy way of saying the double standards. Yeah, so okay. every 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 university in Virginia has given lip service to free speech. Everyone has kind of uh, uh, adopted policies that says yes, we're for free speech, and they've even adopted the policy saying yes, we're for freedom of viewpoint diversity. But the the trick is there's a huge gap between these kind of abstract principles and then applying them. And particularly when it comes to free speech, the double standards. And this is what the Wall Street Journal uh, author was talking about, how totally, absolutely widespread that is in the Ivy Leagues. Well, you know, all the focus, uh, the national attention on all these issues has really been on on the Ivy Leagues because of the testimony of those three Ivy uh, presidents and, and, and uh, before Congress. Right. And they all just kind of uh, inspired quite the, the counter counter reaction. But it's, it's, uh, these are issues here in Virginia. You know, I, I watch the University of Virginia very, very closely, obviously, as executive director of the Je- Jefferson Council. I'm not as familiar with the other universities, so I can't speak quite as categorically. I would say that the questions I'm asking at UVA, everyone else should be asking the same questions about whether these things are going on. But there's absolutely no question. The double standards are just appalling. I mean, this and this was has been brought to the fore by the um, the Students for Justice in Palestine uh, rallies in favor of uh, the Hamas attacks in Israel, mm-hmm. and how they had these rallies and they wore their kefias, this those um, those kind of like scarves that cover their heads and their faces. And uh, they, they had uh, pictures. They sent out posters with the bulldozers tearing down the uh, uh, the border walls. I mean, and then their the rhetoric is like where they were. They didn't actually come out and say, let's kill all the Jews. They didn't actually say that. But, you know, that was an unmistakable uh, message of of the rhetoric and, and their their posters and, and their language they used. 
So they have the right to go around and marching around and, 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 and hit, covering their faces and saying anything they want uh, with without any fear of repercussion. Now, I happen to stand, I think, you know what? As long as they're not inciting uh, violence, they have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is I would like to see that same kind of absolute standard in favor of free speech be applied to other people. Right. And uh, and and it's not. And then, you know, in, in what I've been writing, what I was writing last week was just giving numerous examples and uh, of, of people who were kind of basically run off campus uh, and, and persecuted because they said things that uh, uh, violated uh, my, you know, or microaggressions or violated speech codes. Uh, and there was no mercy shown upon them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the big problem we have. It's not that every university doesn't have a, a free speech policy. They do. It's kind of, it's free speech for me, but not for thee. Yeah. In a practical sense, it doesn't turn out to, to, um, to be balanced at all. You know, one of the things that I've observed of late I used to be a, I mean, I know this will shock you. I used to be a big loudmouth at Baylor where I went to school, right? And I was in the political science department and I had one teacher. Her name was Dr. Linda Adams. And I'll never forget uh, her son was in the army. And on the day we went to war, she was, I, I, I was a jerk about it. I, di- I didn't really have a full appreciation. I, I'm kind of embarrassed by this as an adult now that I didn't understand how upset a mother would be that her son who voluntarily joined the military might be in harm's way. But in that class that day, we discussed the fact that we were going to war and she was obviously upset, but she allowed um, me to speak in the class and she allowed other students to speak in the class. And I know that what I was saying, I hope I wasn't too much of a jerk about it. I don't remember. I, I just look back on it and I know I was so, um, uh, bold back then that it might have been a little too much, especially for a parent, and I, I, I feel bad about it looking back on it. But she, she wrote me a note a few years ago when I first started on this radio show, and she said, well, you finally found the perfect place for you to be a talk show host. And at first I thought she was being kind of sarcastic, but the more I read her note, I, she, you know, she said you were always one of the people who would stand up in class and hold your own. And I appreciated that at a school like Baylor, which is a big Baptist school, so not exactly, um, you know, I mean, it's, there's, there's a religious component to it and there's a decorum that is expected on the campus that she encouraged that type of debate. These days, Jim, it feels to me and my observation looking across the, the river at all these other institutions is that it's about protest. It's about um, the show. It's about marching with signs. It's not about standing next to your seat and being able to articulate your position in a way that will convince people that you're right and that you have command of the facts. And I am, am I being too harsh in saying that that's no longer a part of the, the regimen on these college campuses? Uh, I, I think it's a pretty fair observation. I mean, I'm not to say that there 
that kind of debate never occurs. I'm sure there are some classes with some professors who uh, uh, encourage that kind of interaction of opposing views. And I've talked to a couple of them at UVA, so I know it does exist. The problem is that it's a a far rarer uh, phenomenon than it used to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you can always point to well, so and so. Look, I mean, there is a conservative professor, and or there is a conservative professor and a liberal professor teaching a class together, and you know there are isolated examples. But uh, uh, the the problems. What what is the majority? What is the majority of the cases? And yeah. Over and over again, what we hear from from students, particularly kind of who are conservative or apolitical or just kind of moderate, it's like. They they just voluntarily self self censor themselves because they they don't want to be they're just kind of been intimidated into silence. I mean that's just right. a fact. And that's widespread. And you know is it this is it because the students are so coddled that they don't you know they're scared? You know uh, maybe our parents kind of raised a generation of <laughs> as you say loudmouths. Uh, and I, I know my mother, my parents always told me, stand up for yourself, stand yeah, up for yourself. Right. You know, don't let anybody, you, you know, you say what you need to say. So, but maybe parents don't do that anymore. I don't know. But for whatever the reason, uh, it's not happening or it's happening far, far less. And as you say, the, uh, people kind of gather together in groups and they march and they, they have protest signs and they, and they chant and that's all just brainless. It's a protest society rather than a debate society. I'm yeah. happy to debate anybody. It's fine with me. And then usually, if it's a civilized situation, even when we disagree, I can function next to you in that society. But if it's marching down the street saying death to Israel or death to Palestine or whatever, uh, death to Republicans, death to Democrats, that's, that's hard to bounce back from culturally, I think. Yeah. So, um, John, we need more people like you willing okay. to, to, okay. to say things out loud that everybody else is too scared to say. In a in a in a in, a, in the right venue at the right time, I, I think is yes. what it comes down to. All right. Well, listen, it's important to talk through this, and I hope that uh, the parents who are out there looking at uh, schools with their kids. I was at a, a party on Saturday night, and one of the parents said, "Oh, my kid just got invited. I just got." Um, just got accepted to such and such school here in Virginia. And I was like, well, make sure you go walk that campus. Make sure you go sit in on a class, man, before you uh, start sending checks and get your kid indoctrinated. I think this one's a safe school, but yeah. Hey, Jim Bacon from BaconsRebellion.com, the website that covers a lot of stories you won't see anywhere else. I hope you'll check it every morning like I do. Thank you. Keep it up, John. <laughs> Appreciate it very much. It's 849. We're back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.